Hello, and welcome to Feminism, the podcast for men, by men, for women. I'm Jane Hoggart. And I'm Sam Martin. But we're both male, male feminists. feminists. So let's crack on with the show. Jamie, lovely to see you again this week. Thank you. What have you been up to? Let us have a little update on the uh, whirlwind of the life that is your life. Yes. So the listeners will be wanting to know, Yeah. Jamie, a man on the dating scene, Yeah. what is it like dating as a male feminist? Please do tell. Ooh. Um, so as you know, or some of you know, I became a feminist quite recently. Um, to be honest, you know, I wasn't against it before, but I wasn't much bothered either. You know, I had other stuff to get on with. I was really busy with my career. And now that I'm on a hiatus from ITV, and I'm making this podcast to met some gorgeous feminists along the way. I really, 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 really am committed to the cause. <clears throat> so I haven't really had that much experience staying as a feminist. I mean, I've always been a great bloke, so like, don't get me wrong, but uh, it's more recently yeah, that yeah, I've yeah. called myself a feminist. So the short answer is no experience dating as a feminist, really. None. But a lot of experience dating. Right, okay. Uh, I'm very happy to talk to you about what that was like. Well, let's break this down a bit then. So going forward... Yeah. How would you say pre-feminist Jamie would date yeah. versus feminist Jamie? Let's just talk about that. Let's open up the space. Let's dig in. Um, I've, I, <clears throat> one of those blokes, and I don't want to sound arrogant because I'm not, I'm the least arrogant man living me, but I am a hit with the women. And so it's never been hard for me to meet them. I'm the type of guy who, if I go to bed at night, I could literally write a list of every woman I could have gone out with that day. It's like, just, I think I have a sort of, um, it's a confidence, it's an energy. It, I do wear a bottle of clone a week. I get through a lot, so I smell very good. I smell very um, he attractive. Smells, he definitely smells so strong. So it's strong. strong. It's really, I mean, I mean that as a compliment. Thanks, mate. Yeah, it is a, it's a strong pong. So if I think about my last, a lot of attractive women at ICV. Yeah, um, it's a very. It's the talent is talented and looking good. Let's let's. Who are we talking here? Like, not wanting you to obviously drop names, but you have worked with some of the biggest stars of uh, UK. The top women in looks. Yeah, some real ITV talent. Yeah, is what I describe them as. You know, so who have you got? You've got your Claudia Winkleman's. Yeah. We, You've got your Tess Dailies. Is she yeah. ITV? I, I, to be honest with you, Listen, I Listen, they're all ITV. There's no... If they look good, they're ITV. That's the main rule. And they um, do flock. Right. Because I'm, I'm wandering around. As you can imagine me, I've got my headphones, I've got my signet ring, I've got my, my strong pong. And they... Mate, it's just... It's awkward because sometimes they're in a relationship as well. So a lot of what I'm doing is you know, rousing them up, but there's no outlet for it. And the thing is that I cannot be with the women. This is what I keep saying. If the presenters are into me, that's sort of their problem. A lot of them are married anyway, but they really cannot come near me because of my status. It's just not appropriate for them to try it on with me. So I would say that a lot of the time, my love life was composed of nearly moments. And when I look back at it, you know, when I die, you know, God willing, it doesn't happen, but in the future it might, I think I will look back on my love life and think all those missed moments that could have been. So just to tell me about that then. So how does, how does one know, respectfully, when a lady is interested then, as a feminist? 
It's a good question. So, you know a woman is interested when she tries to be near you. That's the first thing. So, when a woman fancies me, the first thing that she'll do is try and be near me, try and get close to me, try and stay near me. A really good example is a couple months ago, um, and it's sad, it's a sad story, but I was getting in the lift, right, and I got in first. So, I was just going up to, I think, the fourth floor, but I was on the first floor, so I pressed the button, get in the lift. Who follows me in? Laura Whitmore. No way. The doors close, and she's done it. You know what I mean? Like... She's in the lift with me. And who orchestrated that? The person who came in second. Wow. Every time. Yeah. So then it's the two of us. She, instead of pressing a button for a lower floor, she presses a button for a higher floor because she wants to stay in with me for as long as she can have me, which is to the fourth floor. And that's the type of story where I look back now and I'm like, what could have been? Because she did what she could. She got in the lift with me. She rode up as far as she could get. But she knew, because of my status, ITV, she cannot be my girlfriend. Also, she's married, I believe she's had a child. But it's, that's not what it's about. It's about, this is a woman who put herself in a lift with a man. You don't have to be Einstein to know that's called physical attraction. Romance is so complex, isn't it? And I just think, like, I love that, Jamie. I love the fact that, like, there's something that someone hasn't even realised, perhaps. The woman is... You know, she's retaining mystique somewhat, but the man is aware. Yeah. And this is the thing about being a man. I think this is what we forget. It's that, like, it doesn't matter what we say. It all comes down to this thing of, you know, the man is, he's in charge in that situation. It's up to the man to make that, to make that move. And, yeah. you know, he's thinking about it. He's three steps ahead. Yes. And it's very, it's ever so romantic. And I do, I guess I would, I would have liked to have experienced that. It is, um, thank you for saying that, mate. I, and I, you know, have to agree. It, the word is electric, actually. And I felt for the last because she's overcome. She's seen me around. She smelled me around. She's followed me in. She's pressed floor five. And now there's nothing she can do. And the tension, I thought, you know, she wants to interact with me because it's a good way. Her pretending to choke on my cologne is a great way to get my attention. And I laughed when we had this moment and we looked at each other and we knew this isn't going anywhere. We could be the best suited people in the world, but this cannot be. That's heartbreaking. Absolutely heartbreaking. Thank you. Do you know what I want to say, Jamie? Yeah. I'm sorry, don't give up. Really? You owe it to yourself. Like, this is... Like, I understand, but marriage is... You know, marriages are complex. You don't know what's going on in her relationship. Right. If you feel that connection at that time, do you not owe it to yourself to pursue love to its, you know, to right. you know, climb every mountain, for example, yeah. or like, you know, men are romantic creatures. Yeah. And it's up to us to keep the romance going. Because women, you know, bless them, they do, you know, they're so worried about other things. Mm. That it's up to, you know... Sometimes they don't even know that they're attracted yes. to a man. Like, I hear this a lot, but, you know, he's convinced that she is. Yeah. He knows. He knows. Absolutely, that she is attracted to him, and that's what romance is, really, isn't it? It's a man putting himself out there. Yeah. Because if you leave it to them, they're not going to know what's going on, bless them. What you're saying is, we know what's going on, and it's up to us to push for it and get it because if we left it to the women there wouldn't be a human race because they would be not even knowing how they felt they wouldn't be pursuing anything 
And the poor woman, honestly, like, she didn't know what to do. She, it, it's sweet, but she got her phone out. It was the next thing she did. She acted like she couldn't breathe because of the, you know, as though she didn't like the clone. And then she gets her phone out and she's on her phone. And I just thought, I know what you're doing. It's so obvious, love. Like, you think you're just standing next to me on your phone in a lift trying to get to the fifth floor. But so much going is, on. Subtext. So much going on. So and much. And you can distract yourself on Instagram. You can try and not feel how you feel. But the fact is that you were in this space with me because of romance. And it's not going anywhere, love. So put your phone down. So watch this space, everyone. Watch this space. Watch this space. That is fantastic news, Jamie. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's really nice. And she's gorgeous, lass. Like, do you know what I mean? I've seen her. I am, I am excited, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Laura Whip was coming around for tea. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> no, but at call. At call, though, wouldn't you? No, no, I will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's her advice? What kind of stuff does she like to eat? I actually don't know because we've not met. We were just in the lift once. But oh. um, I should imagine something light and fruity because women love fruit. So we've got our special segment on female-led cinema. And as you might remember, we did a brief review of the film Frida, which is one of my absolute faves. Uh, and Jamie hadn't seen it, so... We're, we're circling back to that this week so that Jamie can give his uh, two cents on what he thought about this wonderful piece of cinematography. Uh, so, Jamie, what did you what did you take from it? Uh, the, uh, so, uh, Frida, the film. Um, bad news is I didn't get a sec to, um, to, to watch it, but the great news is I actually Jamie, do no, have quite no. a lot to say about it, so it's fine because I've got a lot to say about it. Because I, I read an article um, that I'm happy to, to discuss, and um, I've already I've had thoughts about it, so that's fine. But how are you going to say? Because obviously, like watching a film is different. Because like you're going to say how it made you feel, what was important about it, and actually, you know, knowing the background of a film is one thing. But well, the thing is that you don't need to watch something or read it or whatever, consumed it to have an opinion on it. Like, you know, a lot of the time I'm at a party, I'm at a bar, people are talking about something I haven't seen or read or you listen to, whatever. I always have something to say. And often I can carry the chat. I really can. And people will say, you know, during a chat, I can't believe you've got so much to say about something you've just not actually watched. And I'll, I'll always say thank you. You know, like, I am someone who will always have something to say about it. And the first thing I want to say is that I think it's, you know, a great film... Um, to have a woman directing, or I don't know if she directed, I haven't seen it. Was it a woman director as well? I don't know because I haven't seen it, but if there was a woman in it, it's really good. You know, even in the playing field, I like that. I like the name Frida. Um, it's almost like the name Fred, which one of my best mates, Fred's called. Um, so I do like, there's a lot already that I like about it. Um, I know from Google there's a Leslie bit. I haven't seen it again. No, that um, was actually, that was beautifully done. Really? That was absolutely beautiful. Oh, it's a lovely, it's a beautiful scene. It's a, Is it full you know, on, like, lady on lady, woman on woman? Well, it's a very well choreographed thing. Like, they both look absolutely stunning. Uh, even with, you know, Frida, she's got her trademark little tash, which oh, yeah, you're used to it by then. I don't. I didn't mind. Really? Yeah. By that time, it was like because she'd just oh. been looking at it for so long. Oh, it's beautifully shot. Absolutely stunning. Uh, Antonio Banderas is there as well, which is another you know groin shaker. 
and uh, I guess like you're just watching, you know, it's it's, it's just artfully done. Like I get, because obviously they want to show, they need to show the fact, they have to show the fact that, you know, that she she did have these lesbian um, interactions. Like it, they would be remiss not yeah, to. Yeah, that's key for the viewer and for the eyes. Exactly, and they, you know, in the same way that the Tash was an integral part of it. The uh, I guess the lesbian scenes were. Um, sorry, I'm so sorry. Well, the lesbian. Sorry, I just. I've, absolutely fine, mate. I'm not offended. I went into your vernacular. I went to your vernacular there, and that's. I'm um, not offended. Don't worry, mate. Say what you like. No, I, I didn't. I meant um, the the LGBTQ theme. Um, with the two women, which I found fascinating, enlightening. Did they get their kits off and do it? No, they didn't actually. They just a little dance together. But anyway, but it was, it was a good. It was still a good film, though. I did. Um, yeah, we all liked it. We all liked it. I thought we wouldn't then. Just saying. All right then. So why don't we crack on now? We're going to go on to our much loved letters section. So, Jamie, why don't you crack on and read our letter of the week? Yeah. So, we've got a letter in. Here we go. Dear Feminists, I'm a man in his early 40s who's been a feminist for almost two years. Oh, congrats, mate. Pardon me. I work in a largely female-dominated industry and have lots of really top female colleagues with whom I'm great friends. My problem is that I seem to have ended up in a dispute with one of these women and I'm feeling confused about it. She recently took me out for coffee and told me that I make her uncomfortable when I talk to her about my weekends. I'm recently divorced and I'm back on the dating scene. She says she doesn't need to hear about the women I'm dating and that I was crossing a line by telling her things she wasn't interested in hearing. I'm devastated and I'd like to sort this out. Maybe she's just upset that I'm dating other women? Or could it be that she's not a very nice person and I just need to avoid her? Sincerely, peeved ally. Oh man, that is a tough old letter. Tough old situation to be in. Um, all right then, let's take a calm look at this. Yeah. Try and step into the woman's shoes, see what's going on here. Read between the lines a little bit. Okay, so she's saying she's uncomfortable. Why? Because she's just getting a bit emotional. Well, she's very. She's obviously very. She's quite scared. Right. That sounds like that's a fear response, and I think that's you know he has to respect that. This woman is living in fear. Maybe she doesn't like the fact that he's probably coming and perching on her desk. Mm. It's not always comfortable. Uh, you know, I'm sure he's... It doesn't sound like there's any kind of deliberate malice going on here. It sounds like it's probably a, um, a misunderstanding. I, mean, I don't know. What do you think, Jamie? I mean, I think he hit the nail on the head when he said that she's upset or I'm dating other women. Because, listen, having a guy talk to you about his problems or his love life, whatever, it's fun. It's a laugh. It's just a bit of light entertainment. You'd only get upset if you were a prude or if you were in love with him. And I relate to this, man. You know, as you know, I had a lot of female colleagues at ITV. I'm not allowed to mention any of them and, you know, be in contact with them anymore. But we are still friends and we will pick that friendship up again. And, you know, some of them were in love with me. And what he doesn't realise is that she's in love with him. So do you think that's it then? It's this kind of unspoken, she's getting, you know, all sorts of feelings that she doesn't know and understand, and yet he's talking about somebody else. Yes. And that's difficult. And, like, she shouldn't have to put up with that work. That's not fair, is it? Like, having your heart broken on a daily basis is not... That's not nice. We can all appreciate that. Yes. I guess the question is, you know, what can he do about it? What can the lad say? Well, I think you've hit the nail on the head again, actually in two ways so that's actually three nails and you know th- three 
it's bad. Thank you. Firstly, in this situation, he's coming in, he's thinking, I need to talk to a woman about what women like. He's seen chiclet films, you know, he's looked at book covers and he's gone, all right, they like talking about dating, they like talking about relationships and shoes and chocolate. And he's come in, he's basically done his research, he's talking to her about dating, and what he doesn't realise is that she's in love with him. So she, actually, and I mean, honestly, this is like the plot of a show that I might make one day. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I was just thinking, like, this is the bit in the film, isn't it? It's the bit where, like, yeah. everything's really edgy and they're, like, they probably had loads of moments where, you know, they've met and, and like, they've both gone for the kettle at the same time and, like, they're both yeah. they're both pouring a cup of tea, like, both holding the kettle. Exactly. And, like, laughing into each other's faces. And then and then she's now, like, oh, my God. And then he's told her I'm dating somebody else. And she is devastated. Yes, maybe even livid. Yeah. For a while, they were in perfect harmony and it looked like they were going to get together. And then, oh my God, I'm dating someone else. Everything just blown apart in an instant. Listen, we're in the middle of the second act, okay? It's comedic confusion. He's trying to get in her nicks by giving her the chat that he thinks that she wants. And she, you know, knickers ready, is wanting him to say that he loves her. Now, something I know from experience is in the workplace, you're not allowed to tell people that you fancy them, okay? So, little bit of a tip from me to you is don't say you fancy someone. And I know that women were in love with me, but they couldn't say. That's the issue, is that they couldn't say because of workplace protocol. Yeah. Neither of them can say they love each other. And so, essentially, we need to push them into the third act by saying, ask her out. She's already asked you out for coffee, mate. So next time, make it a wine. Give her some pink wines, a bubbly rosé, and say, yeah, let's have a go. And then, yeah, everything will be fine. And you won't get any more complaints to HR if that's what happens to you. It's, you know, it doesn't happen to everyone. Can we just say, though, man to man, don't cross the line in the workplace. Take her out if you know she's in love with you or maybe she's not communicating that clearly or she doesn't even know it yet. That's fine, but don't do it at work. Exactly. Read between the lines, but don't leave a paper trail. Don't leave a paper trail. If you have to send an email, delete them off the server. It's, I'm telling you this for your own good. Do not let your bosses find out. Absolutely witch hunt at the moment, isn't it, mate? Yeah. And it's sad because, at the end of the day, we're talking about romance. Well, that's great advice, actually, Jamie. Um, said from a true um, work romancer. I think that's um, awesome. So there you go, mate. Do with that what you will. Yes. Well, that was another great show. Thank you, everybody, for sticking with us today. We've had a fantastic time again hosting you, and we can't wait to see you again next time thanks uh male feminists and thanks for your patience thanks guys and to the women may you fly your flag of bras in the wind of progress